That's exactly what we do. We want to create a business that's more like add water and mix. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm Matt Rouse, and today we're talking with Addy Clevett from Business Success Consulting Group. I hope I got that right. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I've been recording podcasts like crazy, and I've been live streaming every day more than once. Plus, we've been doing online networking groups, and then I still have my normal work to do. <laughs> so that's incredible. <laughs> You're amazing. That's right. We've been going all day, every day. Okay. Yeah, we've been working on all kinds of stuff, trying to, you know, just help out with people because the recording date of this right now, just so people have an idea, is March 20th. So one of the announcements was today is that they're banning all non-essential travel in and out of the United States. So that'll give people an idea of where we are at because, you know, it'll take us at least a few days anyways to get this out to everyone. I mean, normally we would be recording these way in advance. Originally, we had this scheduled to come out in mid-April, but we're going to move that up because I think we have some important stuff that can really help out some business owners and some business leaders. And I mean, I know uh, Julia that works with you. Yeah. Right. And she speaks very highly of, of your expertise and your experience. And you've been doing this for a long time. And I'll let you introduce yourself a little more. So why don't you tell us who you are and what kind of consulting that you do for businesses? Sure. So first of all, thank you, Matt, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And so, as you said, my name is Adi and I'm a business consultant. I'm an industrial engineer by trade. So I started helping businesses with their processes and procedures and efficiencies and et cetera over 25 years ago. And I started my own business about nine years ago in 2011, just out of coming out of the recession of 2008. So definitely I've seen hard times and I've seen how it affected businesses. And what we concentrate on is creating processes and procedures, the implementation and the documentation of those processes and procedures and business infrastructures, systems, creating systems and implementing systems for businesses. I think we can all agree that business process is pretty important. And one thing that I know that you talk about a lot is documenting mm -hmm. kind of the processes. So why do you think that it's important that businesses not just know their you know process, but have that documented somewhere? Great question. Well, you can see it now during these times of the coronavirus and the working from home and closing businesses is that it's really important to have your processes documented and accessible so you have business continuity. Because let's take, for instance, if you have to shut down part of your operation, right? Or if you have to let go of employees or employees have to work from home and they can't do the, the usual routine. Some businesses can work from home, some businesses cannot. When you have those processes documented, that's really important for business continuity. So you can continue the business as much as normal as possible. Or when we get back to the times, hopefully soon, where it's going to be normal operation, then you can pick up again and you don't lose any of those processes. Right. And there's I kind of heard some different terminology in, in letting employees go recently that I, I wasn't really that aware of there. I guess from the unemployment standpoint, there's a difference between someone who is fired versus someone who's laid off and then like or they're furloughed and all these things are different. But if you have employees that you're letting go, 
even if you're furloughing employees or or if you're laying people off with the expectation that you're going to be hiring them back, even in a few months, they don't always all come back. That's right? true. Yeah. And I, I know I've I was an IT contractor for over a decade. And I mean, there's all kinds of times that they had large groups of people laid off and I would get brought in a lot of times to work on those projects because the other people didn't come back from the layoffs or people who were laid off had the expertise they needed. And then the company no longer had that expertise. Right. That's exactly right. That's that can be a scenario right there where knowledge transfer is so important. So you actually don't lose that vital information of your business. And then, you know, there is the other aspect. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people in the last few days in terms of trying to brainstorm and coming up with ideas and the changes. The changes are just so fast because, you know, we can hardly get out of the house, out of our, we're working out of our homes. A lot of us are, and some are still going to work, but it's the change of switching things virtually to going, working from home. It's, it's basically we're changing the way we're doing business. But what's successful for businesses is their core processes, is the way that they do things. So if you have it documented, you can actually go through it and then figure out how to transform it into a virtual or transform it into another way that actually works with the current scene. If you don't have it, then you have to, first of all, figure out what worked for you a month ago or a year ago. And now you have to adapt it. If you don't have it already mapped out, it's hard to adapt it to a new situation. So that's another reason why to have those processes documented. And so especially if you have a larger business where you have a lot of employees. Yeah. You know, your kind of C-suite level people are not always going to be aware of what the process is, especially on the ground floor. And it's a really good point about continuity because it's going to be difficult for. So I remember the 2008 dot com kind of drop out right or sorry the mortgage drop out. i remember the dot com drop out too right right me too oh, yeah i mean i went through all of those and as well as people a lot of people are saying kind of on on facebook and on the social media about like this is going to be this generation's like 9 11 where they look back and say this is when you know the country or the business environment changed forever kind of thing and i remember and i'll tell you a little quick story i don't want to get too into it too off topic but yeah So I was working as an IT contractor and I moved to the United States in January of 2001. For where? From Canada. Okay. And then, so I worked my contract and I had finished my contract. I'd been looking for work because my resident visa was tied to my job. I had to move back to Canada, but I had found a new contract and I was supposed to start on September 13th was the start date of my new job. And then September 11th happened. The next day they put on a hiring freeze and then I had no job, which meant I had no work visa, which meant I had to leave the country. Oh, wow. So how did you get back? So actually a friend of mine in California also lost his job from Canada and he rented a U-Haul and then drove up here and we packed all my stuff in the back of the U-Haul with his stuff. And then we drove back to Canada. Oh, wow. And then what? Well, and those companies that laid all those people off... Later, after we were both working at other places, we saw the jobs that we had that they were trying to hire for. And then they weren't able to find anyone for those positions because all the people had gone moved on to other things. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just interesting how, you know, the continuity aspect is something a lot of people don't really think of. Right. And, you know, just to that point, one of the things that I see that some companies are doing, which I think is very, very smart in terms of the continuities. This is the time now to also prepare for the future because this is going to be behind us. 
at some point, hopefully sooner than later, right? Just like, you know, you experienced the dot-com, the, the September 11, 2008. I mean, now it's behind us and we, the economy did recover or we, you know, business kept going. So this is now the time to actually document those processes, procedures, putting in the right system, make it more efficient because only those businesses that are going to be efficient and lean are going to survive because otherwise, you know, we are going into a, a new scenario, a new situation. And those that are actually going to be prepared for it are th- those, the ones that are going to survive. So it is a good time to do it now. And there's no real way to iterate what you're doing if you don't have it documented somewhere. It's very true. I know that our company has it's been on, you know, one of those things that's on our list for a long time. And luckily we kind of started documenting things before all this happened. So we've kind of got a better handle on it now, but I mean, for a lot of businesses, a real problem. And let's talk for a minute about employee roles. Cause I know that process and procedure is one thing, right? But employee roles is slightly different. Do you want to talk about how that's different and how defining employee roles is something that people need to do? Yes. In terms of when you're saying employee roles, you mean like in terms of the job descriptions? Right. Like, yeah, the job description and what they're supposed to be doing versus what they're actually doing. And Right. So that's, again, that's part of uh, documenting the processes and procedures. You know, I'm not an HR consultant and I don't necessarily write the job descriptions per se, like that you have to have and you have to absolutely have those. Right. But in terms of each employee needs to have their own operation manual in terms of how to actually execute what is on their job description. Because you can have a job description for an employee. You hire them for that particular job. You have to make sure that they're actually doing the job. And it's very important that whatever is on the job description is described very thoroughly in an actual, actual procedures, actual processes that they can follow. So that's that's where I see the difference. Let's talk a little bit about kind of the clients that you serve, what kind of types of businesses and what sizes of business? I don't know if it matters on the, on the type so much as the size or is it by employee size? Like how does it, how does it work for, for what you guys do? So we work with many types of industries because the process is a process and implementing processes is what we specialize in across industries. So we work with contractors, manufacturing, a lot of uh, service providers, professionals such as lawyers, CPAs, accountants, you know, marketing companies, as well as the medical field. So we definitely have a vast array of clients as well as retail, online sellers. I mean, that's definitely something is picking up right now. And we've done several projects with those, the finance world, mortgages, lenders, etc. So again, across industries, in terms of size, it's usually, you know, we work with companies that have the main ones that we work with is between, let's say, five to 100 employees. But we work with companies bigger and companies smaller, there would be more of a startup that they want to start their processes and procedures to begin with. But I think what really differentiates what, who are our clients, really businesses that are growing and scaling and want they want to get to the next level. They want to get to the place where they are. Wherever they are right now, they want to expand by either adding employees, adding another service, whatever it is, they're just growing and scaling. And that's where they realize that in order for them to grow correctly, they have to document those processes and procedures and implement the systems. Another type of clients are those that are looking at some kind of a transition in their business. Either they are selling or merging or they are passing it to the next generation. 
So in order to increase the value of the business, they need to do that because that's the, again, it's the business continuity. So if you ask me in terms of like who are our clients are really those two categories, the ones that are growing and scaling and want to go to the next level and those that are transitioning. And that's super important. If somebody comes in and, and, and wants to buy your business or you're, you're trying to sell it, you know, you better have everything documented or it's pretty hard to have somebody come buy your business when they don't really have any idea what your processes are. Exactly. Or the processes get lost because you are the one who has it or, they, or you know, you are the one who put, who made the employees or you are the one who makes the place go. But then if you leave, it's really like, you know, it's like buying a franchise. When you buy a franchise, why do, why people like buying franchises is because you have things documented. You have systems in place. They hand you a manual that says how to do everything and you don't have to figure it out. Exactly. That's exactly what we do. We want to create a business is more like add water and mix. So... I wanted to ask you a bit about kind of businesses. Maybe there's like a smaller business that is trying to grow. Is there some kind of steps they can take on their own before they get to a size where they could hire someone to help them do that? Is there kind of like some initial things they could do? Sure. So the first thing that I would recommend is that the key person, which is usually the owner, if it's a small business, you have the owner who is also the operator in the business at some capacity. And that owner is wearing many hats, right? I mean, we all encounter that, you know, experience that at some point or another. So my suggestion will be to write down as an owner, all the hats that you're wearing. And then what I like to do is to give a dollar value to each one of those hats. It doesn't have necessarily have to be the hat that you're wearing because you can have wear the hat of a bookkeeper and the hat of the marketing director and the hat of the estimator, as well as the hat that says the contractor is also the hat of the lead foreman, right? But within those hats, I would recommend to separate to also the functions, like all the actions that you are doing. All your functions, basically write your own job description, not what it should be, but what you're doing right now. Those are the different functions that you're doing. And then assign a dollar value next to each one of them in terms of like what, what revenue do you bring to the company by doing that? And how much would you pay somebody else in order to do that in case you're, it's not something that is directly bring you revenue, right? And then evaluate and then sort it from the highest, from the most valuable one to the lowest one. And those in the bottom, you know, you have to basically de- then mark a line between, you know, there, there should be a line where you go, okay, below that dollar value, I'm not going to, it's not worth it for me to do the jobs, my, the work myself. And also, I would also do it, it, I sometimes do it either in dollar value or in hours that you invest, right? So there will be like a certain, that way you can evaluate and you have to mark the line and you go, okay, below this line, this is something I have to delegate to others. And then you have to figure out one by one, let's say you figure out, okay, what is the first function I'm going to delegate to others? So what is the first hat I'm going to pass to another person? Once you know that, then you need to then start writing the functions like the job descriptions you were mentioning for that particular position and then start writing. However you do that, what are the actions that you do on a day-to-day basis? What are the most important things that you can't forget to do that, you know, that a new person has to do, right? That you don't want to miss, you know, just basically start telling the story of what you do from that hat. So you can actually give it to somebody else to do. So you don't lose that knowledge, you know, and I know it sounds easier said than done. And that's why we do what we do. But if you can't hire somebody to do that, or if you're just getting started, this will be my advice on how to do that. 
Right. And that's a really good advice because we talk to business owners all the time. Uh, most of our clients are kind of in that small business neighborhood, you know, under 100 employees kind of thing. And you'll talk to somebody who's running a company that's doing, you know, literally millions of dollars a year and they're still doing their own books or, you know, they're trying to do their own taxes and they're or, or they're trying to fix their computers in the office and like, you know, hire somebody to do that. You know, like get somebody for 30 to 60 dollars an hour to do those kind of tasks when you could be out doing thousand dollar an hour tasks. That's exactly right. But I can tell you why they don't. The majority of the time, the reason why they don't want to do it is not because they're trying to save the money, right? It's because they, it's a trust factor in terms of like, and also knowing what to delegate. And that's where also those are part of the systems, the business systems that we help people figure out in terms of like, okay, so what do you need to delegate? And also give the business owner, it's basically a peace of mind that you know what the people that you are hiring are supposed to be doing. So let's say, for instance, we take the bookkeeper idea. So let's say you are hiring a bookkeeper to do the books internally. If you do not know how to pass it on, you go, well, I'm not going to be able to ever pass on what I'm doing. And this is such an important function. How am I going to pass it on to a bookkeeper, to an external bookkeeper, internal bookkeeper? So that's where the documentation is so important because once we agree on those processes that have to be in place, on the procedures that have to be in place, then you can get somebody to do it, but you still know that those are going to be done or you can monitor what was done because those procedures have been established. Like I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've seen people doing things that they should not be doing in their business. Absolutely. It just happens all the time. Like every, well, I mean, you also, probably everyone you meet has the same problem. Yeah. And they can't expand because of that, because you cannot expand. We all have the same amount of hours in a day. Some of us are better at utilizing than others, but still there is a limitation. That's the limit that we have. Right. My phrase that I like to tell people those things is that they're chasing nickels around a $20 bill. Yes. That's right. You should be doing those tasks that have a lot of value and not doing those tasks that you can pay somebody else to do, even though they're still important. But you can always have part of that job function that you give them to be reporting back to you the important KPIs and stuff that you need to know, balance sheets or whatever it is that you need to get, depending upon what you're delegating. Uh, for sure. That's a very good point. And that's part of the systems that we help businesses set is, is those KPIs so they can actually delegate those functions. But then we still, they still have a way to monitor what's being done and how it's being done. So it's not, you know, so they, they can maintain the control over the business. It's really being in control over the business, making sure the business functions correctly, making sure that they can trust that everything is happening correctly. And that's where those systems come into play. So do you have any other kind of more common problems you see with businesses that come to you to talk about process and stuff? Is there like kind of a starting point that kind of gets them to come to you or is there kind of a common thread that you see? Yes, there are several of those. The, one of them is that they are expanding and they're hiring. So they need a system in order to onboard and train people correctly, especially if they're expanding fast. And let's say you take the contractor example, and now they're hiring another two estimators or so three estimators. Well, the owner still needs to continue doing whatever they're doing, but they cannot stop and train three people. So that's an example. Another example is when there is some kind of a pain point in terms of something suffers, like the customer service, they got a complaint from a customer that, you know, or the service, you know, the quality of the service of the product is not as good as it could be, or 
they anticipate it's not going to be as good as it could be because they won't be able to meet the demand. So they want to fix it now. So it doesn't get to that point. Right. Okay. You can also, so that all comes into also the business continuity, like where somebody is looking at retiring or not only retiring, but let's say right now we had an example, a client, you know, that just, we just started working with and they're working 60 hours a week and they wanted to go to 30 hours a week, but they have to extract themselves out of the business. And in order to do that, they do have to have those systems in place. So th those are different aspects of, you know, what triggers it, but it's one of those trigger points of training, onboarding, quality, customer service, business continuity, some kind of a liability and the culture. Also, you know, you want to build a one thing is especially the economy we just came out of, you know, we had very low unemployment percentage and it was more of a challenge to find and retain good talent. So you have to be competitive, you know, in order to be competitive, you have to, one of it is to have a really good internal culture in the organization. And part of that culture has to be training, has to be taking care of the employee, have to make sure that, you know, you don't just tell them, okay, start your job and do whatever, but no, here's the manual that you can use. This is how we do things. We are very organized here. We are very methodical. This is what you are communicating by having those processes and procedures. Yeah, that's definitely a problem we've had in the past is, you know, we're trying to bring on employees and we don't have time to train them. And and so we're just like, here's some work, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, we don't want to have to do that anymore. But yeah, in the past, that's definitely been a problem for us. And we've seen that with other people, too. I mean, I've gone to work contracts at humongous companies and I walk in and they're just like, here's the work. You know, there's there's absolutely no guidance whatsoever. Right. Exactly. So even companies big and small have the same kind of problem sometimes. But, you know, going back to the coronavirus, you know, this is the time to do those things, because if you have, especially if you have employees or you or that are not you sending them home, what are they going to do at home? Because your product or service cannot go, cannot be done virtually or for whatever reason, you have more of a downtime. This is the time to do it. This is the time to put those systems in place. So when we get out of that situation, you can attract top talent. You can train the new employees. You can have all those things that were on your to-do list that you know because you went to all these workshops and you listen to all the podcasts and you listen to all the webinars that you know that you need to have a system, those systems in your business. This is the time to do it. You know, and even if you can't hire an expert right now, you feel like you can't, then start doing it yourself. You know, do it's better to do something than to do nothing. And it's time to explain even on a video. Take your take your phone and start explaining how you do things. Make a list of all the things that you do in a day and start explaining it. It's better than doing than not having anything. So this is a great time for people to do that. Yeah, and um I think when I was talking to Julia that works with you, one thing that she had said was having employees start documenting their own work, right? Because they can help in that process kind of to get it moving. But so there's obviously big problems with the coronavirus thing, the COVID right now. I don't know where you're located. Are you located in Portland or are you? Lake Oswego. Okay. So you're in Lake Oswego. And I mean, you can't have large gatherings and there's, you know, shutting down in some place, workplaces in some cases, right? Because, you know, like the restaurants and bars and that kind of stuff. I'd say it's likely they're going to start shutting down non-essential places pretty soon. I don't know if that will be manufacturing. I doubt it. But I mean, there's still obvious 
problems with keeping, you know, businesses going. Have you, uh, like we talked a little bit about before this, um, about, you know, how we've been having conversations and everybody's talking about it and talking about how to keep their business going. Is there anything that you've talked with that people are, you know, asking you about or that you're telling them that we haven't talked about so far just to have in this difficult business climate to kind of keep things going? Yeah, we definitely, one of the things, the key things is implementing policies and procedures on how to work from home because it's not just sending the employees to work from home. Like, you know, for instance, we are virtual. We were virtual before this. We're a team of five, but we usually spend our time either in our clients' offices or we have clients all over the U.S. and actually also outside the U.S. And we have international clients. And so we, we are very familiar with Zoom and we're doing Zoom calls and we're doing work virtually, etc. But those that are not and they don't have a dedicated space at home or they don't have the discipline to work from home or they don't know how. And it's not just the discipline. I mean, you can sit in front of the computer, but I don't know if you experienced it, Matt, but even in the, ne- in the last few days when there is so much confusion and so many things going on, you get to the end of the day and you go like, what did they just do today, right? And we can't, this is not productive. So even internally, we implemented more stricter policies and procedures on how to do things so we actually stay productive and stay in communication with each other because that's very important because you can sit at home and you go, what is actually happening with my employees? What are they doing? And then you start sending email and then you start calling them while they are trying to do other things and then they don't answer you and you think that they are somewhere, you know, walking their dog as opposed to be walk, working. You know, it's like it can become a, a little bit of a situation there. So what we implemented, for instance, so we have morning huddles every morning. Then we have check-in time at the middle of the day. At the end of the day, we implemented a procedure of writing a daily report. So we all know what we did. And then we check back again during the morning huddle the next day. We had a very structured staff meeting. We're also helping our clients doing the same and implementing those procedures of what needs to be done and also identifying what is important and what is less important and prioritizing the tasks and utilizing the tools. I mean, luckily, we have tools very readily available, and the majority of them are actually have a free version that people can use right away. Like, for instance, we use Asana. So we have everything in Asana, you know, our tasks, our different projects. So we implemented procedures on how to communicate instead of sending emails back and forth we communicate via Asana, you know, we, we, but we have a way to do that that is organized. So everyone is doing the same. So that way, if I want to check on a task, I don't have to call somebody say, Hey, what happened to the task? I go into Asana, they enter the information. I can read it and understand it. We also have, you know, either Slack or messenger in order to communicate and not try to send text messages on the phone. Cause you're not, if you're doing a zoom call, you don't want people looking at their phone all the time. Right. You also don't want to t- looking at the messenger. They have to concentrate and be focused on the client in front of them. So we also have a procedure on that. You know, you have to turn that off and turn it on when you are done with the meeting, but all those things and, and organizing it, this is what we are experts in. And that's why we we were able to adapt to it very fast. But I know that not a lot of people are even thought about it because they had a whole different environment. So that is where I see the importance right now is organizing in such a way so you can continue your production and still be very efficient. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, of a lot of companies, 
they don't come from a technology background. So maybe they're not familiar with the tools that are available or they're not familiar with things like like cybersecurity and VPN. And right. where is my data and my client data being stored? And, and there's a lot of industries where the lockdown of the data is the lockdown of physically being in the office. Exactly. I think it's important if you don't understand these things, I, I wouldn't try and do it yourself. I would talk to an IT professional for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I come from a technical background. Scott, my business partner, and I both are from technical backgrounds. We've been working remote for eight, 10 years now. And we're used to using systems like ticketing systems and project management tools and where you have to write all your notes in because the next person who works on the thing might not be you. So somebody else needs to know what you did. And, you know, so so that kind of stuff is is easy if you're from a programming or a technical background, but it's really hard if you're not. Correct. Right? It's a whole new world of stuff. Absolutely. And that's what we found that our clients need right now. So we actually, just for ourselves in terms of helping our clients, you know, we, we gather those resources together. We have those resources so we can actually project manage the whole thing in terms of like, if you need to move your office downsize or move your physical office to virtual and you have many employees, we can totally help with that. So that's, that's what we've been doing in the last few days. We need the IT, we need the phone system, but we also need to figure out, making sure all the protocols and the procedures are correct and get you up and running, which is money well invested, you know, absolutely. Because if you, if you can't operate, you can't, you just can't operate. Right. I know a lot of people in the IT world and I've seen a lot of places where they have the IT staff are the only ones in the office right now. So yeah, everybody else has been sent home. The IT people are there to make sure that everybody else can work from home, can get their data, can, you know, use their laptop or, you know, stuff is secure, whatever the thing is. So that's really good information, especially for people who are transitioning to work from home, which is going to be pretty much everybody soon, you know, unless you're a doctor or a nurse or something, you're pretty much going to be working at home. So if people want to get a hold of you to, to talk about this more, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? They can call, they can email, they can look at the website. So the best number to call is 503-750-0955 or email. Uh, you can email me directly with, and you can also email with any questions. This is not just, you know, I want to um, hire you to use your services. This is really we are right now like opening like Zoom. I mean, I'm make, I'm doing a Zoom room when I, I have people join and ask me question for an hour, an hour and a half, like 90 minutes open questions, whatever you want to ask me. So it, I'll be happy to answer any questions. And my email is adi, A-D-I at bizsuccesscg.com. So that's B-I-Z, the word success, and then C as in consulting and G as in group. So bizsuccesscg.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions. Yeah, we'll put that link in the show notes also. And you can get that on your podcast player or you go to hookseo.com slash podcast and get the show notes. And Adi, one last question. If you have a few more minutes, I know we're a little over time already, but is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you think is important for us to share? I know it's a tough question. <laughs> you know, it's... It is. I know, but it's really, I think it's th that we are really in this together. It's really the networking part, you know. 
I think being part of a group of professionals, of trusted advisors that we can help each other by referring to each other, by pulling our resources together. You know, like we, we are collaborating on this podcast right now. I have other trusted advisors, other colleagues that we are collaborating on webinars, like putting as much resources out there for businesses to survive this crisis is really important because that's what's going to pull us out of this because it's it's the period of time which we don't know how long it will take but it's also the ramp up after that and the more we are still involved as a community and we're helping each other we're going to get out of this as fast as we can i mean that's what i our we recover faster than if we don't pull it together yeah i totally agree you know, we've been doing some some online networking and stuff already and moving all our groups online. And we've been doing some live streams with some people and stuff and recording these podcasts, get them out as quick as we can. Everything that we can do to kind of help the business community come together and especially locally here. If you have local resources like I know Lake Oswego has a really good chamber of commerce where you are there. We have a good one here too. the Hillsborough and Beaverton ones are both really good. There's the SBA Small Business Administration. I just actually earlier today interviewed Laura from the Oregon Entrepreneur Network, oh, uh, which is another great place. OEN.org is a good spot for people in Oregon. Very good. And nationally, there's a lot of business resources, too. Usually the SBA is going to get you most of the stuff that you need, unless there's something else you can think of. Well, you know, people are putting content out. I mean, you just go on LinkedIn. There are so many webinars, there's so much content. For instance, we usually put out two blogs a month, like every other week, and we send a newsletter. And now we are we are writing and we are going to put eight blogs in the next 10 days or the next two weeks. And it's all free, you know, it's all, but it's all with the advice of what to do from our, basically from our knowledge base for what we know that works. So we are putting it out there, you know, we're doing the podcast like this. So there are a lot of information out there. I mean, it, you can go into some information overload, but on the other hand, I would suggest to attend those webinars. I mean, I've been doing it and I've been learning a lot and I've been getting ideas. So talk to others, be really involved. If nothing else, pick up the phone and start calling. That's what I've been doing. I've been actually calling people say, hey, how are you doing? First of all, I'm really want to know how you're doing and what's been working for you. And I've gotten so many great advice and tips and things that I've been implementing myself because I heard what works for other people. So this is the time to communicate and not draw back from communication. You know, just be out there, communicate, reach out and ask for help when you need help. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, too, because we had a lot of businesses that have told us kind of some ideas that they have that they're implementing that have been working. And then we can call our other customers and say, hey, you should try this because somebody else is doing it. It's working and they're in a similar industry or and like you have clients in all different industries, too. And a lot of times those people in different industries don't talk to each other very often. Right. Right. So it's a good way to kind of cross pollinate that information that maybe is kind of trapped in one industry when they're doing something that could be useful in another industry. That's very true. And also internally, I mean, I, sometimes you don't communicate to your competitors or to other people in the industry, but I think it's a great way to collaborate because you find out what works and you help each other. And fantastic that you're out there helping everyone. And we'll post a link in the show notes so that people can read your blogs and any other information. I think I assume there's a newsletter sign up on there, too, if they want to get your newsletter. Exactly. 
So thanks for coming on the show today. We'll get this launched as soon as we can. I'm estimating probably mid to end of next week. We should be able to have this out maybe a little sooner, depending on how busy my sound guy is. I already sent him four episodes in the last three days. So, (laughs) But uh, yeah, we'll try and get it out as quick as we can. Addy, I really appreciate you coming on. Have a good day and stay safe out there. You too. And thank you so much. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as Matt and Carrie discuss customer service fails. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.